Well, it's uh, it's nine o'clock, and uh, I I'm sure uh, probably a few more people will join as uh, as we go on, but uh, since it's nine o'clock, which is our official starting time, I thought I'd uh, say hello, welcome to everyone. Um, good morning, good day, whatever time it is in your particular time zone. Um, there are a few of you I can see. There are two screens, so I have to like switch between the screens to see everybody. But there are some of you who I know from, you know, uh, in person. <laughs> I've met many times in person, and there are quite a few of you who I've met on uh, online during, uh, you know, the online retreats and uh, practice discussions and classes and um, and those of you I don't know I'm really looking forward to practicing with you today and um, I, I welcome you I sincerely welcome you and I hope that what I offer you today along with the practice that you do um, is really beneficial to you is onward leading so for those of you who don't know me my name is as uh, printed on the little a rectangle on your Zoom screen is um, Shelly Galt, and I live in Santa Barbara, um, and I teach and serve on a, a small Sangha uh, board down here, um, the Open Door Sangha. It's a Buddhist insight community. And um, Santa Barbara, for those of you who don't know, it's a few hundred miles south of uh, Redwood City and uh, Santa Cruz, where IMC and IRC, our retreat center, are located and it's on the coast of California. And I also teach and uh, volunteer in many ways for both IMC and IRC, supporting yogis in other ways as well, and doing uh, some administrative uh, work as as well as the, as the teaching and supporting. And I think, uh, I hope all of you are aware that everything that happens at uh, the Insight Meditation Center and Insight Retreat Center is um, supported by volunteers. There's no paid staff here uh, at all. And that's, uh, I think, a really wonderful thing. And of course, we can always use more volunteers. So before we begin uh, the formal part of the day, I want to turn you over briefly to another volunteer here, um, Prerana, who is uh, our manager for the day. And she's Ron, I want to mention that she did triple duty for this retreat. She serves as both the registrar and the retreat mentor who kind of puts together the uh, the website for the retreat, all the, which you accessed in order to get here, in order to have all the things that you need. And, um, and she's also, uh, she's the manager, the retreat mentor, and she was the registrar as well. So thanks very much for Ron. She has a few announcements for us. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Priyana. Um, I'm just going to go through a quick uh, logistical announcements for the retreat. Um, uh, so under the Join Meditation Hall uh, link on the retreat homepage uh, to the right, uh, you will see a Zoom info and uh, phone instructions link. Um, it might be helpful to save those instructions in case you have internal problems during the day and uh, need to join the Zoom meeting on your phone. Um, if you're not in the U.S. Pacific time zone, uh, you can set your time zone to display the schedule in your time zone. Um, just click on your name in the upper right-hand corner of the web page and then click settings. Uh, time zone setting will be at the top. Um, in Zoom meetings like these, uh, you have two view options. Uh, 
the gallery view, which allows you to see all the tiles of your fellow retreatants. Um, if you'd like, you have the teacher's view to, at the forefront uh, while Shelly is offering teachings. Um, you can switch the view to speaker view. Um, you can do this by clicking on the view button at the top right corner. Um, we will have two Q&A sessions for this retreat. Um, if you have a question, you can submit it by clicking on the question for Q&A on the retreat page. Um, alternatively, you can also ask questions by raising your Zoom hands and waiting for your turn. Um, please keep uh, please keep your questions concise so that there's time for more people uh, to have their questions answered. Um, also, it'd be great if the questions are related to the theme of uh, today's teachings. And uh, lastly, uh, please, uh, as far as possible, do not send chats to uh, the teacher because it can be distracting and she won't be able to respond. Um, you will be able to send Zoom chat to me, uh, but it might take some time before I can respond uh, because I might be busy with some other retreat tasks. Um, and please only send a chat if there is something interfering with your ability to participate in the retreat. Um, otherwise, uh, you can bring all your questions uh, related to the practice <clears throat> and the teachings uh, to the Q&A sessions. Thank you. Thanks, Verona. So here we are. And as we begin, I I really want to encourage you to uh, to take advantage of the opportunity to practice for a whole day. You know, a whole day, a period of intensive practice, meditation practice, even just one day can be really beneficial, allowing us to settle much more deeply and see more clearly than is possible in our, you know, a single period of daily uh, meditation, sitting meditation. So, I, you know, I hope you'll be able to follow the schedule today. I know you're, you know, you're all in your living spaces, probably. So sometimes that's, uh, that's a challenge. But if you can sit and walk and hear some Dharma reflections as we go along and not spend a lot of time doing other um, activities, that's terrific. But even if there are tasks that can't be put off, I suggest you not think of them as interruptions. This is something that we always focus on in these online retreats, that uh, the invitation is to make everything that happens during the day a part of our practice, to fold it all in, as we say. We can be mindful, we can be present in any activity that we're engaged in. It's a great way of integrating our practice into to our daily lives. And I think of these hours, these, uh, these hours that we'll be practicing together as a, as sacred, you know, a time to be very present to our inner life, the life of our minds, the life of our hearts, to be intimate with ourselves, to be kind to ourselves, because mindfulness has kindness in it, to be present to everything within us that presents itself. Everything is welcome in our practice. No part left out. And that's that's something uh, sacred, I think. When I teach uh, day longs for my local sangha, I like to incorporate as much formal uh, practice as possible because I know that many people who participate find it difficult to come to a, a retreat center or to take the time to sit a multi-day retreat at home. And people sometimes ask because of that for more teachings during uh, during these uh, day long retreats. 
But my sense is that a great deal of good dharma is available online and in books, if you remember what books are, physical books, <laughs> that people can access, but an extended period of time to devote to simply exploring our inner experience, our inner lives, the mental, physical, <clears throat> excuse me, emotional experiences that arise in every moment of our life, in each moment, the to spend a long, nice long chunk of time to really become intimate and to see more deeply into uh, our mental processes. That kind of time is really in short supply in our lives, many of our lives. And to share that exploration with others in this way, you know, gathering together in our kind of virtual meditation hall um, is really supportive, really supportive. A few days ago, I read a, a quote from a Chan ma- master in a, a magazine article, Tricycle Magazine, by a, <coughs> excuse me, by a Chinese Chan monk that I thought was really apt for our meeting uh, in this virtual meditation hall. And uh, what, what that quote said was, I can find it. Oh, Although places for the practice are like the reflection of the moon in water, we establish them wherever we go. Like the reflection of the moon in the water. And maybe online uh, places are a little bit more ephemeral than actual physical retreat centers. But I am so glad that we have learned to establish them. So today I plan to keep the formal teachings um, that I give short. Um, And my intention is uh, for the teachings I offer to really support your practice more than to supplement it. So if you'll take them in that uh, in that way, in that style. So I'm not so interested in increasing your conceptual um, understanding of the Dharma, but more on your awareness of Dharma principles, how Dharma principles can play out in your lives, can play out in your practice. So you'll see there are two Q&A sessions, as um, Prerana mentioned, on the schedule, a short one before lunch and a slightly longer one in the afternoon. And uh, I'd really appreciate if you use the, the question basket for those. And, uh, and, and then, of course, you can raise your Zoom hand during the, uh, during the Q&A if, uh, if we cover all the questions in the question basket. Um, so today's retreat title is Meeting What Comes, and uh, mindfulness practice, that's really, that's what it's all about, really. It's a training in meeting what comes, and over time, we learn more and more to to meet our moment-to-moment experience in a way that allows us to, to stand steady, to be balanced. The awareness that we cultivate is open, and it's kind. Essentially, eventually, it's a wise regard. We see through the context of wise view and formed by deep insight. And something that is necessary as part of the cultivation of that wisdom is balance. So that's really, that's the theme for the day, balance in practice. It's a really essential part of our practice. Often it's spoken of in uh, relation to one specific area, like, but the idea 
of maintaining balance. Um, it really permeates pretty much everything that we uh, practice or encourage on our Dharma path. It's there from the very beginning, starting with our posture, you know, when we first learn to sit, and it continues right through to the end. The first time you encountered mindfulness meditation practice, you probably heard an, ins- an, an instruction about having a posture that's both upright and relaxed. And I'm sure I'll um, remind you about that when we get to the meditation. And alert and relaxed in the mind. So this combination of alertness and relaxation of ease and energy, that's a balance that uh, continues throughout our entire life of practice. So I'll talk about finding balance in regard to different mental factors, different qualities of heart and mind. But for now, I'd like us to begin by uh, settling in with a period of sitting meditation. So if you'd like to uh, assume a meditation posture, If you're sitting in a chair, you know, it's really good to have your feet flat on the floor. Not, uh, not, you're just, your. if your feet don't touch the floor, <laughs> that's not good. It's good to have a pillow or something underneath them so that your knees are, are not, um, creating, the backs of your knees aren't creating pressure on the, on the chair, which can become uncomfortable relatively soon, actually cause a lot of restlessness that might not need to be there. So flat on the floor if you're if you're in a chair. If you're on the floor, make sure your back has a slightly uh, you know a little little arch in the back with your uh, with your spine upright. Let your arms hang loosely at your sides. Your hands can be. Uh, in your lap or on your thighs. And it's really good not to have your 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 four your elbows ahead of your torso, in front of your torso. Keep your elbows next to your sides. That's uh that alleviates any uh tendency to develop tension in the the trapezius muscles up around your the tops of your shoulders and your neck. And then you might spend a little bit of time just doing a kind of a body scan, looking for areas of tension. Starting with your forehead, maybe. There's a frown there or a squint. Seeing if you can just let that Ease up, let that relax a little bit. Just inviting ease into every area where there's a little bit of tension. Maybe some residue from the activity that you were in before you joined the, the, the retreat. Maybe some tension just in anticipation of practicing today. 
just letting the body rest. With a balance of ease and just enough effort to keep yourself upright. Softening everything that doesn't, uh, isn't necessary to keeping you upright. So there's the balance of ease and effort in our posture and also in the quality of attention. You might invite a a receptive quality in your attention. It's allowing experience to come to you rather than reaching out for it, trying to grasp at it. And I'll suggest um, using the the breath, the sensations of breathing as the the anchor for our our practice. But uh, if that isn't a good anchor for you, Um, Please don't feel obligated to use it. Um, You can use another sensation, another bodily sensation, perhaps the the feeling of your hands, wherever they are, in your lap or on your thighs. The feeling of uh, the buttocks on the seat, the solidity there. Whatever physical uh, sensation is useful to you as an anchor. So we gradually let the body soften while still maintaining an alertness. Sometimes it sounds uh, like that's uh, kind of a paradox, but actually it's, it's something we really learn to embody, a relaxed alertness. Letting the wheels of thinking gradually slow down, gradually come to rest as much as possible. If the breath is a good anchor for you, I invite you to turn your attention towards it. You can attend to the sensations wherever they're most prominent for you, the nostrils or in the throat or in the chest and belly. Or perhaps just follow the whole flow of the breath 
as it comes in and as it goes out. Whichever is most conducive to staying present to what's happening right now. As you sit, you might just ask yourself every few minutes, is there ease and is there awakeness? Am I alert? Am I relaxed? As relaxed as I can be. No straining. But staying present. Again, just checking in. Is there tension? Is there tension in the forehead? Am I straining? Is there tension in the jaw, the throat? Anywhere? Just let that ease up. No need to strain. The breath can be known. Don't have to go looking for it. Nice and easy. And still awake. Most minds have a tendency to go off into fantasy or thought, maybe solving problems, maybe planning. Many ways to get distracted from being present to what's happening right now in our moment-to-moment experience. And when we notice that in our practice, we very, very gently 
Just let the attention return to our breathing, to what's arising now, right now, as we sit. And again, just check in your state. Use your attention. Attention may be associated with thinking or with straining to stay connected. And just see if you can let that ease up. And if the opposite is true, if there's dullness, vagueness, just try to bring a little more interest into the mind. Interest in the details of breathing. The details of physical sensation is a way of bringing awakeness to the mind. Always tuning ourselves to that balance. The sweet spot. So I, I, uh, I'll turn off this and see. I ended the meditation a little bit early <clears throat> because I want to, excuse me, give some uh, walking meditation instructions before our first uh, walking period. And, um, and if, for those of you who've done a lot of walking practice in the, in the past and don't want to hear anymore, it's fine to just, you can turn off your, your uh, video and go start. <laughs> I would really encourage you to do that. But if you'd like to hear, um, I'll just give a few instructions. <laughs> Normally, um, the way we do walking uh, practice, which is just, it is mindfulness practice as we're walking. Um, the way we do it in this tradition, the insight tradition, is to choose a uh, a path um, about oh, 20 to 30 paces long um, anywhere, inside or outdoors, um, and to walk back and forth mindfully. And um, some people like to walk very, very slowly, just lift and moving and placing each foot in succession very slowly. And some people will walk at a more kind of ordinary um, pace, walking pace. And it depends, you know, the speed you choose depends on what keeps you mindful, what keeps you connected to the activity of walking. Often we suggest that people pay attention to the uh, the movement of their feet 
the sensations in the feet, the sensations of movement, the sensation of pressure when we put the foot down, each foot down. But um, I also personally, I really like to key into uh, the movement of my legs, the bending of the knees and the hip joints, uh, you know, as the thighs raise all of the whole movement really kind of connects me in a in a lovely way and sometimes to the whole body the sense of movement through space so the what's important is not what particular area of sensation of movement you pay attention to it's that you stay connected to the sensations to the your present moment experience and of course when we're walking usually we have our eyes open so there's a lot more opportunity to get distracted by something that's interesting, especially during springtime right now in California. It's absolutely exquisite. (laughs) So, you know, we haven't had rain for so long. We had such a rainy winter. It's beautiful. So it's very easy to want to look at the birds and the butterflies and the flowers. And that's okay. As long as you recognize now I'm looking, now I'm seeing. And it's good to stop at that point. Stop, look, and then begin to walk again, attending to the sensations of movement. And it's, um, you know, what we're trying to do is to build um, a continuity of mindfulness, a continuity of attention that goes through both sitting and walking and all the other activities of the day. And if you need to do uh, some chore in this next period, um, that's okay. That also can be a meditation. Whatever we do can be a meditation. Just paying attention to the sensations in the body, the movement of our limbs, um, the attitude in our mind, if we can include that as well. It might be good to stay with the movement of the limbs, especially this early in the day. And if you have a movement practice that is a mindful practice, something like, uh, you know, Tai Chi, uh, yoga, qigong, it's fine to do that also in, instead of the walking practice, um, just maintaining it as a mindfulness practice and so that we're really connected, you're very connected to present moment experience. So I think that's probably enough for now. We'll have a, a bit of time for questions about both walking and sitting practice um, before lunch. So if you have questions, you can uh, You can put them in the question basket or ask them then. And we'll be coming back in 20 minutes at 1020 for the next sit. So so please be ready to, to, uh, to meditate in the seated position again after you're meditating in another posture (laughs) during these 20 minutes. So I'll see you then. So uh, once again, as we in uh, formal sitting session, it's always useful to pay some attention to the posture that we take for meditation to reestablish that balance of alertness, uprightness, and ease. Sometimes we talk about sitting like a mountain with a a strong foundation. 
a sense of settledness, and a kind of uh, internal attitude of, uh, of respect. So what we're doing is really worthy of respect. So once you've found the posture that really supports your ability to stay connected to your present moment experience, and you can turn your attention to uh, to the breathing. Uh, and uh, if you'd like to expand that um, awareness to other physical sensations, um, that's fine. If you have a long-standing practice, it's fine to practice in, you know, whatever way that you that you normally do. Um, but can, being aware of whatever you choose to be aware of, but uh, checking in occasionally to see what's the balance of alertness and ease that's in my in my body and mind right now. Sometimes it can be helpful um, if we do find ourselves tending to uh, strain, uh, to frown or, or kind of furrow the brow in a, in a kind of over-efforting. Um, if we just put a little bit of a smile on the face, just a very, very subtle smile, it's in, almost impossible to frown and smile at the same time. And it takes a lot less uh a lot less effort. There's a lot less, a lot fewer muscles involved in smiling than there are in frowning. So it can be a way of of softening any tension that's there in physical, which is usually a reflection of mental tension. And we can look directly at the mental tension. He said, Gil, Gil Fransdahl often says, uh, uh, you know, relax the um, the thinking the thinking muscle. You know, there isn't really, of course, a muscle involved in thinking that we know of. But but I think the metaphor works really well for some of us to be able to actually kind of key into the sense of slight tension that all thinking has within it, and to be able to just let that soften up a little bit. So again, as we as we said, um, I might point you to physical sensation from time to time, um, and to that balance, you know, to the sense of uh, of any straining that might be occurring, or any falling into uh, a kind of vagueness or disconnection from the from the meditation uh, from the present moment experience of. Uh, of whatever is arising in this moment. So, settle, tune in to physical sensations of breathing, other sensations if you like, 
staying connected to what's happening now. And maybe with that little bit of a smile, especially if you're prone to uh, to straining. Sensation is always happening within our bodies. Even when we're just sitting still and nothing is happening and there's no pain in the body, there's still always sensation. And as we tune into it, it it can become more uh, prominent, more noticeable. Just turning attention right now to the hands. Might be tingling, pulsation, just little sparks of sensation. And there's no need to strain in order to feel those sensations. They can just be received as they arise. And persist for a while. And then probably change. It's useful to Notice the effect of our attention on our state of mind. Is there a quality of of tension in the in the attention itself, in the way that we're looking? If there is, we can ease that up. Just let it soften. Look with an easy gaze. is arising, the sensations of breathing, other sensations, whatever it is, it can be an easeful awareness. Again, just checking in.
Is there awareness, awakeness? Is there ease, relaxation? Bringing the two into balance. So um, before you get up to uh, to do your walking or whatever you plan to do, I just want to say a couple things about the importance of these transitional moments when we when we move from sitting to walking or from uh, walking to sitting or from any one activity to another. Um, it's really there's those are times when it's uh, really common for us to lose mindfulness and for the mind to jump forward into what we're planning to do or uh, some kind of uh, analyzing or uh, evaluating what just happened. So it's uh, really useful to pay attention to those moments when we move from one posture to another, to not lose connection with uh, what's going on in the moment. So Noticing a tendency to hurry, you know, thinking of uh, tasks you need to complete, desire for a cup of tea or a snack, whatever is arising, just notice it. So be be mindful of what's going on. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, if there's a, a desire for something, you know, a desire to distract yourself, any kind of movement in the mind that's fueled by uh, by desire, strong desire or aversion, just be aware of it. Notice it. Maybe let it soften if you can. It's possible to approach whatever we're doing with uh, a sense of ease and attentiveness. And so these transitional moments can be really, really useful, I think, uh, demonstrating to us sort of the uh, some maybe unconscious habits of mind that we have. So we'll we'll be coming back to sit again at eleven fifteen, and uh, and in the meantime, uh, may you be mindful. So it's uh, time for our next sit, and uh, I'd like to introduce this sit by reading a poem poem that I've it's actually been uh, something that's uh, been coming 
it's been uh, has a richness in my practice the last uh, several months and uh, I've been sharing it uh, often when I teach so um I'd like to share it with you it's the title of it is uh, in this passing moment and it was written by Hogan Bays who is a uh, a zen teacher in uh, in Oregon and uh, and also a poet <laughs> in this passing moment In this passing moment, karma ripens and all things come to be. I vow to choose what is. If there is cost, I choose to pay. If there is need, I choose to give. If there is pain, I choose to feel. If there is sorrow, I choose to grieve. When burning, I choose heat. When calm, I choose peace. When starving, I choose hunger. When happy, I choose joy. Whom I encounter, I choose to meet. What I shoulder, I choose to bear. When it is my death, I choose to die. Where this takes me, I choose to go. Being with what is, I respond to what is. So, um, so many visitors come to us in our lives, you know, many different energies and uh, situations uh, arise, some outside us, some inside us at different times. and. You know, sometimes they're a delight, sometimes they're a difficulty. And all of them are visitors, visitors, <clears throat> excuse me, visitors to our, uh, to our awareness, to our, uh, our body-mind complex, visitors uh, to us. So can we see them in that light as, uh, as visitors and can we meet them in a balanced way? That's, you know, that's a big part of our, of our practice. So as, uh, as you sit now um, in this next period, um, just notice, you know, what's visiting now? Is there restlessness maybe or maybe boredom, sleepiness? And whatever it is that visits, Can I meet it with a calm regard, with a friendly attention? Friendliness is a, I think it's inherent in in mindfulness, in the state of mindfulness. Our attitude to restlessness doesn't have to be a restless attitude. Our attitude to boredom doesn't have to partake of boredom. We don't try to push these things away. We don't blame ourselves for feeling them. That just adds another layer of restlessness or boredom or whatever it happens to be. We can accept that they're here. We can regard them with kindness, with kind attention. Oh, restlessness. Oh, monkey mind. I know that. Oh, sleepiness. This is what's here now. I can be here with it. This is my life right now. I can know my life as it unfolds. 
however it unfolds. So balance, balance in the mind, balance in the body. The the balance in our posture really helps us, I think, to to uh, find a balance in the mind as well. So once again, I invite you to find that balance in your posture between uh, alertness and ease and to close your eyes if you'd like. To notice from time to time if there is a beginning of tension or a kind of a zoning out and to try to come back into balance so that there's both awakeness and ease in uh, in your posture and in your mental posture as well, your physical and mental posture both. And again, you know, if you'd like to use the anchor of your breath, um, that's great. I always uh, encourage that. It's my favorite anchor. But if something else works better for you, it's fine to use that. And if your practice is more open, if you have the steadiness of mind to open the awareness to many more of the visitors, then then, uh, I encourage you to do that as well. To know that no matter what our anchor is, it's likely other visitors will come. They they don't tend to, you know, stay away just because we're attending to the breath or some other physical sensation. So when, when they come, can we meet them? Can we meet what comes in each passing moment? In a balanced Alert, relaxed attention is uh, what meets our experience the most usefully, most productively, I think. So we'll sit like that. 